Tune into the Love and Abuse podcast over at loveandabuse.com. That's the other show that I do, helping people navigate difficult relationships. Welcome to the Overwhelmed Brain, where you'll learn to make decisions that are right for you so that you can create the life you want now. Hey, this is Paul Coliani, and I'm here to help you learn to deal with difficult people and tackle life's challenges without compromising who you are. This show consists of my personal opinions and is meant for informational purposes only. Always seek a professional for your mental health and well-being. And um, that's it. <laughs> this is another show in 2023. It is now August 11th. I actually record my shows on Friday. If you listen on Sunday when it comes out, it'll be August 13th, 2023. That means really nothing to anyone listening later. So I'm glad you're here. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, I'm looking at a message that I received a while back that has to do with judgment. And I wrote an article called Judgment, the Ultimate Relationship Destroyer a long time ago. I wrote it several years ago, and it turns out to be one of my most popular articles at theoverwhelmedbrain.com if you're interested in reading that. But uh, it basically, it was me. I'm, I'm writing about myself and how I destroyed my own relationships over the years. And that's what judgment does. It destroys relationships. If you are judgy, <laughs> judgmental, critical, if you put people down, if you uh, make them feel bad for who they are or what they do, if you tell them that what they're doing is stupid, if you give them the look, the disapproval, the um, disappointment, the disapproval, the, uh, how about the guilting? I used to guilt people that I cared about, made them feel bad for what they did, for their behaviors. When I was married, I would guilt my wife for eating junk food. That is something I'm not proud to admit. I talk about that over at Love and Abuse, my other podcast. And I tell you this because I think it's important when you come from a place where you did the wrong thing that you should probably end up doing the right thing later. Well, you should always do the right thing. You should try to do the right thing. But when you do something that is hurtful or harmful, that maybe you should try to make up for that. Maybe you should try to do something different. I like to look at it as doing the opposite. What I did before, I like to do the opposite of what I did before. So if I was judgmental in my previous relationships, and I have no excuse, I was that person. I believed it was the right thing to do because I was uh, dumb. <laughs> I was brought up in a way that that's how I coped, by trying to change other people. And so I had to learn and grow and heal and evolve from that into the person I am today, hopefully a better person for people, for my relationships, for myself. And uh, I have learned so much that I come on the air and share this with you at risk because I know there are people out there that might judge me for my previous judgmental behavior. And you should. You should be judgmental in certain ways with certain people. Because if you're judgmental, it allows you to be discerning. It allows you to 
ask yourself if this is what you want in your life. The problem when I was judgmental is I didn't ask if this is what I want in my life or not. I just told myself, I better change this person so I'll be happy. And so I had to learn a lot. I had to heal from that. I had to stop doing that. And not just stop, but also figure out the emotional triggers that led up to that. And why was I wanting to change someone else? Why couldn't I accept them for who they are? And that's really what the opposite of judgment is. It's accepting someone for who they are and what they do, even if you don't like it. It's very similar to my definition of love. It is supporting the other person's path to happiness and supporting their decisions that get them to that happiness, even if you disagree with them. Because it's a loving thing to do to see someone happy, to want them to be happy, and to support their happiness, even if you disagree with what makes them happy. Because what makes them happy may be not being with you or not wanting to talk to you that might make them happier. As hard as that might be for you, and as hard as it was for me, I chose to support my partners in my life and the people that I cared about. I chose to support them even if they didn't want to be with me. That meant not necessarily encouraging them to leave me, but it meant if they came to me and said, look, I can't be with you anymore. I can't be around you anymore. Then for me, you know, we'd have a conversation about it, but I would get into a space of if this is what you really want, then I support that because I would rather have you be happy without me than unhappy with me. It took a lot to get to that point. It took a lot of healing inside me and a lot of practice in, I wouldn't say unconditional love, but acceptance. It takes a lot of practice to be accepting. And I'm not talking about accepting someone's desire to hurt themselves or anything like that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about letting go of any selfish wants or desires in yourself. Because selfishly, I might want this person to be with me and love me and talk to me and, you know, a romantic partner, for example. I might want them to be in my life. But if they don't want to be in my life, again, I'm going to have a conversation. Why, why don't you want to be with me? What's going on? But if there, if the conversation leads into a, I've thought about it, you know, this is them saying this, I thought about it and I don't want to be with you anymore. If that's what happens, then supporting that decision and saying, well, I support the whatever you want to do with your life. I support your happiness. So if that's what you want to do, as much as it pains me, as much as, as I know I'll be sad and lonely, I support you doing that because I would rather see you happy without me than unhappy with me. What does it take to get to that point? I mean, I share this on these episodes. I share what it takes to get to this point, but it's still one of the most difficult journeys I've had to take, or at least for me, maybe not for you, but for me, it's been letting go of control. I have to let go of 
controlling the people I love. And that sounds, again, it sounds hurtful. It's emotionally abusive. But in my life, I mean, not but, but it is emotionally abusive. And in my life, that's what I had to do. I had to look at what I was doing to the people I cared about and choose to let go of trying to manipulate or control or deceive or lie. All of that. I, I had to make that choice because I made a new choice of wanting to accept who they are. And what that has done, it has freed me, first of all. It has freed me. And of course, it's freed them. And the most loving, connected relationships are when you feel free to be yourself and when you feel free to leave at any time. Because you're not locked in, you're just there because you want to be. No matter how committed you are, if you feel free to leave at any time, you'll probably want to stay. If you're married and you still feel free to leave at any time because they're not controlling you to be there, not, they're not holding you down or holding you back from being happy, then you probably will want to stay with the person that wants you to be free to leave or stay or do anything you want within reason. <laughs> Again, within reason. If they want to do self-harm, that might be a problem. If they want to have extramarital affair, that might be a problem. But you know what I mean. I mean, this is just allowing people to be themselves, to seek their own hobbies and recreations and see their friends and do the things that make them happy and probably made them happy before they met you to allow them to continue being that person after they meet you. And, you know, I'm talking about any relationship, but this happens a lot in romantic relationships. When we meet someone, then we make compromises to accommodate the relationship because there are certain wants and needs and desires that we would want to fulfill in them and us so that the relationship grows stronger and stronger. And this is what happens is we make small compromises and sometimes big ones so that the relationship can flourish. So it can blossom into what it can be and continue to be. It can grow and it can evolve into whatever it, it turns into and it feels good because you're both happy in it. And it can happen in friendships too. If you have a friend, I mean, this is a great example, actually. If you have a friend and they said, I think I want to do this. And uh, you look inward and you think, wow, I wouldn't do that. And I, I really don't want my friend doing that. What are you going to tell your friend? You'll probably say something like, wow, you, you probably shouldn't do that. Maybe it's dangerous. Maybe it's uh, not a good idea. You probably shouldn't do that. But if your friend said, I really, really want to, I really want to do this. It's been something I've been thinking about for a long time. Are you going to look at your friend and say, no, I forbid it. You cannot do it. What are you going to, I mean, the friend is going to be upset. I would think in most cases, the friend would be upset. I can't do it. You forbid it. What do you mean? We're friends. You're supposed to support me. Yes, but I just can't see that working out well. So no, I forbid it. You can't do this. Wow. I mean, does that friendship last? It's something that I look at in romantic relationships too. 
does a romantic relationship last when you put down these barriers, these obstacles to someone else's happiness? Does it last? Does it go further? Does it get stronger? Does the bond increase when you put barriers in front of someone else's happiness or someone else's pursuit of something? If they want to pursue something that they enjoy and you don't like it, so you say something about it and you don't want them doing it, do you think it increases the love and connection in the relationship? And I'm, I can hear you now, or some people, I can hear some people now saying, yeah, but Paul, that's so dangerous. They could die or that's just something that's not going to work for me because it's against my religion or against my values or against this and that. It's just not going to work because it doesn't support who I want to be and it doesn't support who I want to be with. I have a problem with that. And these are all true. I mean, these are all valid, good arguments. I mean, I might have a problem with some of the things that my partner, my fiance, Asha, wants to do in her life. I haven't yet, but someday I might. Someday she'll say something. Hopefully it never comes to this because I don't want to face it. Who wants to face conflict? But someday she'll say something and I'll think, oh, I don't think that's a good idea. I'm going to say something like that. I really don't think that's a good idea. Um, wow, that sounds, uh, what do I do? I mean, what if it's something that I can't get past? Am I going to have faith? Is this where it's going to go? Do I just have to have faith that it'll all work out? And even if I think it's a bad idea that if she figures it out for herself, she might think it's a bad idea after she does some research or does some of whatever she's doing. I've actually had to face something like this in our relationship. She did something that I didn't have a lot of faith in and I thought, I just don't think it's going to work out. But I just, I decided not to say anything and just let her find out for herself. And that worked out beautifully because she, I mean, really, this is what it comes down to. It's a trust issue. I have to trust that I know her well enough that if something wasn't right, she'd figure it out. I would have to trust that about her. And we've been together almost nine years, eight years now, almost nine. And I have to trust that she would make the right decisions. And when things have come up in our relationship, she has. Even when I believe at first she made the wrong decision or made a decision that I found uh, questionable, (laughs) risky, Even when she made that decision, I decided to let her go with it because I, here's the thing, I would rather have her discover what's right, what's wrong, what's good, and what's bad on her own than for me to ever have to tell her, that's right, that's wrong, it's good, it's bad. I I don't want to tell her that. I don't want to be that person. And when you aren't that person in someone's life, they feel free to be themselves and they feel free to express themselves and they feel safe to express themselves to you because you're not judging them. You're not being critical about what they're doing. You're supporting their happiness and you trust them. 
I trust you to make the right decisions for you. Because here's something that could happen and a fear, or at least an old fear that was in me. The old fear is, oh, she finds something she really enjoys and it takes time from us, it takes time from me, and she's doing it more and more. Wow, that feels lonely, that feels scary. I better have, or I better do something or say something so she doesn't do that anymore. And in the past, I would just guilt my partner. I would try to make them feel guilty. Again, I'm not proud of this stuff I'm admitting, but right now I've, I have to share this in the context. <laughs> and I'm honest, I'm, I'm telling you what my past was and how to evolve from a past like that, how to get past your past when you have things that you aren't proud of. And sometimes that means telling your story, telling someone like you what you used to do, what uh, who you used to be, so on and so on. So that's who I used to be. I would guilt my partner so that, I mean, it was a, a manipulation. I would try to manipulate them so that they believed they came up with the idea that it's not good for them. And that was part of my covert guilting. And um, that would always increase the rift in our relationship. It would decrease the love, decrease the connection, decrease everything. Bond is breaking. I mean, this is everything falling apart and I'm doing it. And this is what I used to do. So this is uh, a path I would take. I would try to guilt them to changing their mind. And not only did it cause them to either consciously or unconsciously uh, resent me, but it would make them unhappier because now they're not doing the thing that they really want to do. I remember being in a constant triggered state. I was just on the edge of feeling triggered all the time. That was during my marriage. That was my previous relationships and Basically, what I'm talking about in this episode is being in that constant triggered state, which caused me to be so judgmental, so critical, and just do all these toxic behaviors. And I should have talked to someone. I really should have talked to someone back then. And uh, that's why I want to share BetterHelp with you. BetterHelp is today's sponsor. BetterHelp is online therapy. I mean, if you're thinking of starting therapy, I highly recommend BetterHelp. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient flexible and suited to your schedule all you do is fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and get guided through your challenges have somebody there to listen to you and give you the feedback that you might need to get out of the state that you're in i wish i could have gotten out of that constant triggered state so i just wouldn't have to carry it around all the time and take it out on other people this is one of the many things that therapy can do for you and better help is your map they will help you find your way Go to betterhelp.com forward slash brain today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash brain. So I've learned that doing that to someone to control them, to try to make them do what you want them to do instead of letting them do what they want to do is the fastest way to destroy 
a relationship. That's why I called the article Judgment the Ultimate Relationship Destroyer. When you judge, when you try to control, when you try to manipulate, when you try to change another person to fit your needs, to fit your criteria, you basically are destroying the relationship. Because someone who doesn't feel comfortable being themselves around you will want to be around you less and less. Someone who doesn't feel comfortable being themselves, someone who doesn't feel comfortable making their own decisions where they feel autonomous and even independent, where they feel like they can see a friend without asking for permission because it might upset you, will feel more connected to you when they don't have to do any of that stuff. They'll feel closer to you and they'll even share with you, hey, I wanted to let you know I'm going to see a friend in a week because I I don't want you to think that I just disappeared and didn't tell you. I mean, because I love you and I, I care about you. I want to tell you this stuff. I mean, you wouldn't say all that, but your communication becomes more transparent and you just speak freely with each other. You just speak with um, confidence that this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. And I know that you're going to support it. I mean, this is what you think in your head. I know that this person that I care about cares about me and will support my decisions because coming back to trust, they trust me. They trust that whether it's a good decision or a bad decision, I'll find out. And so I have to trust. And this is what I've done and continue to do in my current relationship is that when she decides she wants to do something or she comes up with an idea, I have to trust that A, she's already done some research on it and B, she wants to do it. She obviously, she has a desire to do it. So what do I want to do? I want to support that desire. I want to support her path to happiness, whatever makes her happy. So she thinks that this will make her happy. Okay, I'll support that too. And then another component of this is trusting that when she starts this thing or does this thing, I'm going to trust that she knows if she wants to continue doing it or not. I'm going to trust that she knows it's good for her, good for us, bad for her, bad for us. I'm going to trust that she's going to make the right decision because I really don't want to be in a relationship with somebody I can't trust. And so coming back to the trust issue, here's the thing. If you have any fear, like I used to have these fears that I would be alone, I would be sad, that she would be out all the time. If I trust her and I know that we love each other, then the time that she spends away from the relationship is going to affect her too. And because it affects her, she's going to miss me. These are my assumptions, <laughs> but that's true. I mean, if you love someone and you're with them less and less because you're doing other things, you're probably going to miss them and you're probably going to want to be with them. And because you're going to want to be with them, you know, more than you are now, or because you're doing this other activity, you're probably going to change what you're doing to make more time for them. This is just the philosophy I live by. I, I see that if my partner says, I want to do this thing and it's going to take me away a lot. I'm going to say, if this is what makes you happy, I want that for you too. Because my motto is a happy wife, a happy life. And this is something I want for you. I want you to be happy because when you can bring that happiness back into the relationship, 
It makes me happy to see you happy and everything is much better. Otherwise, I bring a uh, dejected and maybe even resentful person back into the relationship because I've chosen to object. I'm going to object to that. So now you can feel dejected and you can come back into the relationship and be the wife I want you to be, you know, be the partner that I need you to be. I mean, this is the wrong direction. This is the direction I don't want to go. I don't want to make her feel bad. I don't want to make her feel unhappy. I want her to come back into the relationship feeling energized and fulfilled because she did something that she enjoyed. And with all the work I've done with couples over the many, many years, over the past decade or more, I have seen this over and over again. I don't want her or him or them to do that. I don't want them to do that. And, you know, if they're being hurtful, of course, you don't want the other person to do that. But I've seen this over and over again. I don't want them to go fishing with their buddies every weekend. I wonder how that relationship uh, grows if the person that goes fishing with their buddies every weekend feels like they can't ever do it. And then they, they do it with high resistance from the other person. I wonder if that makes, let's just say it's a guy. The guy feel like um, because there's so much resistance at home, he wants to get away more. I wonder if it, that's happening. I'm not saying it always happens. And I'm not saying that leaving your relationship every weekend is always a good idea. It's not. <laughs> Sometimes you have to spend time together, of course. But this is an example. This is what can negatively blossom from a relationship or a relationship with this kind of dynamic is that you have someone that resists the other person's hobbies, recreation, activities, whatever. And what it does is it creates a, a wider gap between them. It decreases the bond because in this, in this example where the guy wants to go fishing every weekend with his buddies, part of it may be because he doesn't want to be around so much resistance. But what would happen, and this is a hypothetical scenario, if the other person didn't resist but supported it fully and said, I even bought you a fishing hat and I know you love these kind of lures. Here you go. I hope you have a blast. What would happen? The guy would feel so loved. The guy would feel so connected to the person that he just left that what do you think he'll be thinking about all weekend? Probably coming back and seeing the person that made him happy. Again, this is hypothetical and all kinds of people go fishing. I'm just using it as an example, but it's a good example of what can happen and what can perpetuate a continuous or a, a problem that exists now and continuously perpetuate that problem uh, so it never goes away. Because if you resist someone's path to happiness and they are aware of it and you are very vocal about it or you give them the look or they feel the vibe, they're probably going to want to get away from that type of energy. They're probably going to want to, to feel like they can be themselves somewhere else. And that is the wrong message we want to give 
to people we love. Nobody wants to feel like they can only be themselves in certain places. They want to feel like they can be themselves anywhere. And if you can allow someone to be themselves with you, then they will, they will more likely want to be with you. They will more likely want to share more time with you. The guy who goes fishing every weekend might want to take a weekend off because he can't stop thinking about how much his partner cares about him. And if that's on his mind and there's no resistance, then there's no drifting. Or I mean, let's put it this way. There's a less chance for drifting. Drifting might be drifting away, becoming more emotionally disconnected, coming back morose, dejected, not feeling good in the relationship, not feeling welcome. And when you can feel welcome, the totality of who you are, when that is welcome into the relationship, you are more likely going to want to spend more time with the people that accept you for who you are. So if you're ever feeling judgmental, just ask yourself, what's the opposite of this feeling right now? What is the opposite of what I would normally do or would normally say in this moment? What is the opposite? For me, in the past, I would see my wife eating junk food and I would, um, I would withhold love. That was one of my destructive behaviors. I would be silent and withhold love and she would have no idea where I was. And she felt it and it felt it was hurtful to her. She felt unloved. And today, if I ever have a judgmental thought or criticism or something that comes up, what is the opposite of that? I don't want to do my old behavior anymore. And I don't really do my old behavior at all anymore, thankfully, but Every now and then we'll get emotionally triggered and then what do we do and what is our first inclination? What do we want to do? And then if it's not loving and connecting, think about what you would do in that situation and turn it around, make it the opposite. For me, if it was withholding love, then it might be giving more love. It might be giving her a compliment. I would want to make her feel loved and special, which I see as the opposite of the behavior I would have done in the past. Instead of guilting someone or making them feel bad, how do I make them feel good? How do I make them feel supported? That's my go-to. Do the opposite of what I would used to do. Again, I don't have to think about this anymore. It just comes naturally because I don't have all the emotional triggers I used to have. But uh, sometimes they come up. Sometimes these old ones come up or ones that I've, I've not considered, I've not healed from yet. And when they do, I don't have an immediate reaction. I always take a moment. <laughs> well, not always. <laughs> I try to take a moment after I become emotionally triggered and I ask myself the very first question, what's going on here <laughs> in my own head? Why am I being triggered? What's going on? And then another good question is, and this is something I, I teach in the Healed Being program, is the question, what am I afraid of losing in this moment? And I think that's a, that can be a powerful question. What am I afraid of losing in this moment? And this is when you're emotionally triggered. So somebody triggers you, you get upset, but instead of reacting and doing something that makes someone know that you're upset, 
ask yourself the question, what am I afraid of losing right now? And so the fishing guy example, he goes fishing for the weekend and his partner gets upset and the partner says, what am I afraid of losing right now? And so really considering what you're afraid of losing helps you connect with what you want more of or any of. So if I wanted more love and connection in my relationship and I was afraid of losing that, then what can I do to increase love and connection? Maybe it's me planning a getaway for the weekend saying, hey, in a few weeks, I want to plan a getaway. Don't go fishing. (laughs) Or can you or will you choose to not go fishing that weekend so we can spend the weekend in the cabin that I planned? And something like that can be a positive contribution to the relationship instead of a resistance. So it's something you want more of. How do you know what you want more of? Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you just have to ask yourself that question. What am I afraid of losing? That way you know what you want more of. And instead of telling the person, well, I want more of this and you're not doing it right and you're taking it away from us instead of getting upset, what can you do to contribute to getting more of what you want? Because what is it? Uh, you get more flies with honey or bees with honey. Yeah, you get more bees with honey <laughs> than the alternative, vinegar. But when there's resistance in the relationship, the chances that the rift between the two of you will grow increase. And so coming back full circle here, don't be judgmental. Don't be critical. <laughs> That's not nice. But I get what happens. We get triggered. We don't want people to do certain things and we just want them to act the way we want them to act. But we can go too far sometimes and we can put an element into the relationship that doesn't need to be there. That doesn't mean we won't have arguments. That doesn't mean we won't feel resistance and express that resistance. It just means we have to be aware of how much we're doing it and how much it's affecting the other person Because the more resistance we introduce into a relationship, the more distance the person wants from us. And that is something we definitely don't want in our relationships. It doesn't mean you turn into a people pleaser. It doesn't mean you suddenly just give them everything they want, no matter what. It just means you look at your own reactions, your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, and how you react and Ask yourself if this is a way to support their happiness, even if it makes you uncomfortable. And also, are you trusting them enough to make the right decisions so that if they feel like they're doing something that might be harmful to themselves or to you or to the relationship, that they would be smart enough to make a different decision? And you know, I didn't even discuss what happens if you don't trust them. <laughs> what happens if you don't trust the person to, re- to make the right decision? then you have to have the conversation. I don't trust you to make that decision. You've made bad decisions before. That might be the conversation. It may not go well. (laughs) They may think, what, you don't trust me? Well, you've made these other decisions and this is what happens. And if they say, well, I need you to trust me and I want you to trust me and I'm going to do this and I, I want your support, then you might have to have faith. That's where it comes back to. I'm going to have to have faith that this person will figure it out because I don't want to be with somebody 
I mean, this is me personally saying this. I don't want to be with somebody that I feel the need to control because they can't figure things out on their own. I don't want to have to be that person. I, I never want to be that person. And uh, if I was that person, I would get out of the relationship. I don't want to have to control anyone. That's too much of a burden. <laughs> I don't want anyone to have to feel like they have to do what I want them to do. I want them to do what they want to do with my support. And when they feel supported, they feel loved, they feel connection, and they will decrease the distance between them and me. And then we all get along and feel better and <laughs> feel good about the relationship. I'm going to end it right here. Thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate you. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. I want to thank the following backers of the show. These are the patrons of the week. The financial backers, Leela, Sandra, Adriana, Holly, Tammy, Deborah, Anna, Andreas, Harriet, and Mary. I am so grateful for your support. These people valued the show and decided to give. And I am always grateful when someone values the show that much. I mean, you may value the show and not give, and that's fine too. But I'm just saying, I like to mention those who contribute financially because that is like above and beyond. So I am very grateful. Thank you, patrons. I appreciate all of you. If you value the show and you want to give back, you can head over to moretob.com and there are ways to do that over there. And um, if you need a show on how to deal with difficult relationships, I mentioned it a couple times, go to loveandabuse.com. I talk about all kinds of stuff over there, but um, mostly how to deal with the toxicity and the difficulty in relationships that shouldn't be so difficult. Relationships shouldn't be difficult. So that's what we talk about over there. And if you are the difficult one in the relationship, let's just say you're the one causing the issues and you want to change that about yourself, head over to my program. It's a robust, very comprehensive, uh, very effective program called Healed Being. That's over at healedbeing.com. And uh, that's helped thousands of people already and maybe it'll help you too. And finally, thanks to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for some of the music transitions in the overwhelmed brain. You know, I started talking about uh, judgment in relationships, and this was based on an old message that I received. I didn't read it at the beginning of the episode, but um, I pretty much talked about most of it. But this person wrote, I've come to the conclusion that I've been judging my fiance's spending habits. I felt she needed to change and pay off her consumer debt before we set a date to be married. What we really need is for me to accept her for who she is and for me to make a decision. And he wrote, accept her 1000% or leave because the alternative is unfair for her. Although I am not sure I believe this trigger comes from my dad's love for spending on eBay when I was a child. He just gave away his age there. <laughs> eBay came out, what, uh, 90s sometime? And the distress it caused my mom that he could spend his money so foolishly. The hard part now is making a decision. I deeply love her, but having sound financial judgment is a personal value of mine. And I didn't even realize that until I got into a relationship. I'd hate to say this has been a, a waste of time because it has made me love and learn. So he didn't really ask a question, but he's in a decision mode and this was a really old one, so he's probably made this decision already, but I wanted to bring it up because it was very much relevant to the, today's episode. And I also wanted to mention that um, this is the exact thought I had in my first long-term relationship. Her spending habits or her debt 
was something that I wanted to clear up before we got married. And so year after year after year, she was still in debt. So I held back our marriage. Why? <laughs> Why did I do that? It wasn't our debt. It was her debt. It was her debt alone. And I never discussed with her the idea that, hey, if we get married and we combine our finances, we need to make sure that they always get paid off and stuff. But, you know, you don't pay off your debts and it keeps building. So that's what worries me. I mean, this is a, I believe, a healthy conversation to have. It worries me because you don't pay off your debt. And, you know, I'm not judging you for it. But if we get married and combine our finances, you know, that, that concerns me. So that could be a real conversation that you have somebody that you're about to marry if you're going to combine your finances. But maybe, maybe you don't combine your finances. Maybe it's something else or maybe getting married makes you responsible for their finances and so on and so on. So it definitely is a conversation that should be had. But let's just say, you know, in this guy's example, he says, um, what do you say? He said, having sound financial judgment is a personal value of mine. That's so important because we're going to meet people that have different values and sometimes opposite values. I like to save money. She likes to spend it. I like to invest it. She likes to, I don't know, waste it. Whatever the, the, the thoughts are in him and other people. If you have different values, can you meet in the middle with any of these values if you decide to get married? That would be the conversation. The conversation probably shouldn't be, oh my God, you're in so much debt, I don't want to marry you. <laughs> probably shouldn't be that. It was for me back then, back in my 20s. I'm not going to get married until you pay off your debt because I don't want us to be in debt. That was my argument. But that shouldn't have been the argument. It shouldn't have been the conversation. The conversation should have been, hey, what do you think we should do when we get married? What do you think we should do with our finances? Let's hear them out. Maybe they're in debt for another reason. Maybe they don't pay it off because they're comfortable paying 50 bucks a month, whatever it is. And also, I didn't even address this, but does love have anything to do with how they handle their money? Marriage might, <laughs> but does love? Does love and connection? But maybe marriage doesn't have anything to do with that if you keep your finances separate or if you have some sort of contract. I, I don't really want to get into that. And maybe it's not fair. Like here, you sign this prenup. But sometimes people do that. But it's important to have these conversations, have open, honest conversations. Like, I know that you have all this debt because you've talked about it a lot. And that worries me because when we get married, you know, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. I want to have a conversation about it. For this guy, if he said that, his partner may feel judged. She may feel that um, he's focused on the wrong things, like you're focused on the money, but isn't marriage about love? Well, you know, that's a conversation. It's contractual and there are legal obligations and things like that. There could be more to that, but it is important to have these hard conversations because you never know the other person's situation. They're Values may be different when they're married because now they know you're involved. So they're going to treat things differently, going to treat money differently, for example. It's just important to have conversations about it, even if it's hard to do. Even if you say, I'm sorry to bring this up. It's a fear of mine. I have these fears from childhood because I saw my dad spending on eBay all the time. And, 
he never had money and we were always in debt and it just I have these fears so I, I just want to share them with you and somebody who really understands you and wants to connect with you and loves you will hopefully have this conversation but they could also feel judged <laughs> so just know that's there but you should clear some stuff up before marriage so that it's not always on your mind because if it's always on your mind you're going to have that resistance you know that resistance that you feel every time they pull out their wallet or their purse oh they're spending again oh and we don't want that we don't want that in a relationship because it tends to disintegrate the relationship because it shows up in other ways if you don't talk about it it shows up in other ways so do me a favor just keep an open mind this is how you step into your power and have those great conversations and also create the life you want always take steps to grow and evolve you are powerful beyond measure and above all and this is something i absolutely know to be true you are amazing you are amazing